Hello, welcome back to Control-Alt-Delete. Another day, another very exciting guest. Today's guest is Anna Whitehouse, journalist, editor, and the founder of motherpucker.co.uk. Motherpucker is the destination online for people who happen to be parents. Her Instagram feed has grown in just over a year to 50,000 followers in a year, and it's an amazing community of people who love following Anna's adventures and antics and highs and lows of being a mum, but just in general, being a woman who is getting through life and laughing along with the good and the bad times. She's previously worked at Stylist Magazine at Time Out in Amsterdam, and she's also written for fashion labels such as Tommy Hilfiger. We talk about starting your own business, uh, flexible working and how to get behind the campaign that she started. We talk about sponsored content, the parenting Instagram community and how that's evolved, and the importance of looking after yourself and taking a break before it gets too much. Hope you enjoy this episode, and here it is. Right, I'm with Anna Whitehouse, mother pucker, who is wearing an amazing sequin skirt and, uh, well, was wearing a velvet jacket and you're just fabulous. I've just unsheathed. (laughs) Welcome to my really fancy studio, (laughs) aka my cupboard. (laughs) It's more like a sort of like lightless torture chamber, but I'm willing to be taken in. I'm so sorry. Um, And if it gets a bit hot, I can open the door. So, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. You're welcome. You're the most perfect guest ever because, obviously, it's about life, work, social media, and being your own boss. I That's... don't think I'm doing any of those You're very well. You're so doing all of I'm those. Do- I'm pressing buttons, pop it. I'm pressing you buttons. Are. Why I love you as someone who creates amazing stuff online is I kind of use you sometimes as an example when people say can you start a blog now or can you make something now because there's always this myth that if you didn't start it like eight years ago when the youtubers did it's too late but actually if you've got an amazing voice and you've got amazing content you've got a thing to say like you can be so successful even in a year it doesn't matter if your boobs are sort of dragging on the floor like little sad spaniels ears mama's still got to eat (laughs) you can get online press some buttons control alt delete Uh, yeah oh thank you that's all right (laughs) that's the question i get sometimes on like um any sort of panel or event about blogging um like even from like you know as young as like 14 they're like you know has the ship sailed with starting your own thing online no, I mean, the ship, um, she's a really versatile vessel. Um, I boarded her only last year, and um, I didn't know her direction. I didn't know where she was going. It's definitely a she. I really felt a really strong affinity that it's a she. Um, and, yeah, I think it was just a case of I actually had that moment, and you, I think you do need to have that moment, however old you are, and I was literally like in a queue, crying child, boobs leaking... I was crying, child was crying, people looking at me, there was a lonesome grape rolling into uh, the gutter (laughs) and an entire bus stop just wondering who I was and why I was wrestling my child into a buggy and I just was like, motherfucker. And that was my moment. I was like, ooh, ooh, that's how I'm feeling right now. Like, no one's saying these moments happen. Yes. And so that, and then obviously my mother, grandmother Parker, she doesn't like swearing, so we had to take it down a peg or two, which is Uh how it became mother Parker. But yeah, it was really based on a strong moment. And I think um, the key, and I hate, I do hate the word. I don't know, it sounds like I'm talking about wine or something. But um, it's just authenticity. I think if you've had that moment, whether it's slight frustration or excitement or happiness or you freaking love a sequin skirt 
but a really strong feeling, then I think you can press those buttons and they can be like your foghorn mm. in a way. From what it looks like, the brand itself is so well thought out. It's surely not an accident that it, you know, the brand itself is so solid, I guess. I wanted to find my brand pillars. <laughs> do you have brand pillars? And do you have a tone of voice document that you can share with me? The brand pillars are made up mainly of curly whirlies. <laughs> Malt and curly whirly put together and then just pray there's not too much heat. Um, like, I, I want a tote bag. It's working. I want it. And I think to launch your own brand in the way you have is really impressive. Well, thanks, babes. I had a really strong intention. I think this is the good thing about being a bit long in the tooth, is <laughs> I had a strong and saggy in the boob, is I had a really strong intention uh, of making money dollar um Mm. because i couldn't afford for this to be a vanity project as much as i wanted it to be it was gonna make money because um it's just so much time as you know you know you know (laughs) you know it looks like this little seamless thread of photos and sort of tip tapping away and it's like and you know a bit like carry off sex in the city it's like (laughs) and so i got to thinking (laughs) It's just not. In reality, you're losing hair, you're losing sleep, you've got the sort of pneumatic eye switch, and you're not spending as much time with your kid, ultimately. So for me, I had to make money. And so I wouldn't call them brand pillars. They're more like, um, I don't know, they're more like coat hangers, just kind of hanging there, reminding me of where I'm going. Yeah. And I guess when you're the brand, it's it's easier because you're like, do I like the sound of that? Yeah. But it it is very profesh. Like, it looks great. And I guess that's, the point and when you have worked at magazines in the past or you've worked at big brands in the past there's obviously a standard there and you you know how to make things look good, look and sound really good yeah well thanks so we'll have to come around here more often um because it's really really low until the last five minutes and sometimes you just need a hug um, this podcast is just me fangirling in disguise i'm like come over and let me just ask you questions because i love what you do well you can't see now as i'm in the nook on the bosom um yeah what was the question um so the question so i guess actually there wasn't there wasn't one so sorry um the profession yes because i guess what i'm asking as well is is your background is um you have been a copywriter for many years and you have worked at amazing companies so because i hate the idea of anyone being like uh assuming anyone's an overnight success because it's not fair because there's so much in the lead up to something it's not just like mother pucker grew out of the ground overnight randomly no it was you know i was sellotaping together all kinds of things you know good bad ugly um but i wrote down all the things i could do which is about three things and all the things i couldn't do which is about 20 things um i i I would say uh, the majority of it was sort of the creative side actually not the writing side but like design and video and stuff and i wrote that list down i spent two months learning that stuff mm. um so that I could do it and I got support of a friend who was an art director I used to work with I paid a mate um to sit in in a house with me and teach me how to film for a whole weekend I paid him a grand and I just said really creepily come into my house here's uh, a cheese and pickle sandwich now tell me everything you know and it was kind of a list of things I couldn't do that was as helpful as the list of things I could 
and accepting that and knowing my limits and then when I felt confident that I had not done amazingly at the stuff I couldn't do but got to a point where it wasn't going to be a complete shambles I then pressed the buttons and went um and that helped yeah and it's amazing what you can teach yourself on like youtube tutorials you have to crack on and you have to figure it out yourself yeah you no just, one else can do it for you i think both of us we both know what a bit of like googling can do yes. like literally i was googling. i literally googled how to write a book proposal <laughs> when everyone's like oh so how did that come about it's all about google because i remember the day when i was at stylist magazine we got a invoice for 10 grand from a very uh, well-known uh, vlogger a vlogger or a flogger as my dad calls it <laughs> he's like how's your vlogging going darling <laughs> Oh, God, we're not there yet. Um, And uh, I remember seeing that, 10 grand for an hour and a half to turn up to a uh, beauty launch for for Stylist. And I was like, hang on a second. (laughs) I'm on about 150 a day writing about this event, more words than she was delivering. And I thought, it's not too late, actually. And that's when the power of Google came in. I Googled vlogger. I was like... What is this? I think don't be scared of these words and what they are and think that everybody who's out there just had some kind of special training. They didn't. As you know, it's like control alt delete yeah no i i agree i think it's um it's a really exciting time to get involved you, you can't be scared i used to think the same like oh that's for other people that they, they do that and to not be ashamed to talk about earning money because the 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 rush and the buzz that i get when sending an invoice is is amazing and i feel like i'm allowed to enjoy that yeah like that i think there's no shame i think there's something a little bit weird with all this hashtag ad and sponsorship and stuff that goes on and people feeling ashamed of that it's like no 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 one's paying for this content as a consumer you know you think you buy you buy glamour magazine you buy vogue the traditional kind of print Mm -hmm. no one's paying for your instagram channel even if you're delivering the best content so what's one ad here and there it's not 50 pages before you get to the first feature of Vogue we're talking one here and there which you can gloss over and so you can definitely ignore I think people get used to ignoring things now it's like a new type of thing whereas I turn on notifications for people that I like on Instagram so I don't miss anything an ad or not an ad I I don't want to know if I'm on that notification or not I just think it might change our relationship a bit I actually don't follow many people so it's you know it's uh, it's an honour no it's really not I'm one I'm one follower of your like 50,000 I'm sure you don't need me but they're all my auntie Janet she set up about 50,000 accounts auntie Janet is a Christian going uh, fearless woman who will ensure I succeed Um, love that but yeah I think uh, it's exactly that it's just not having the I think just not having the fear of making all those mistakes and actually being clear about what you want from it. And I think the minute I wrote a blog post about what I'd put into Motherpucker financially, like in its first year, it was about 10 grand. And at that that year, I earned like maybe 25 grand or something. So, you know, you can do the maths on it with a kid in daycare. We were like in debt. I was losing hair. I didn't know quite how I was going to make this work, but I knew I had to. And it was like a maternal instinct, is the only way I can describe it. It's like, I'm going to be there to pick up that kid from school at three o'clock because there's no job out that's going to let me do that. So keep going, keep pressing the buttons. That's where it's at. It was like, uh, you know, a a really primitive instinct. And I think, um, yeah, it was just, uh, it's just strange uh, anybody thinking that it's kind of just pressing buttons in a way because the money that went into it was extreme. So then when you've got your audience on side saying, 
Look, I need mama's gotta eat, kids gotta eat. I'm doing this full time. I'm trying to make you laugh through those three AM fucked up breastfeeding moments where you're hearing people coming back from clubs and wondering where your life's gone. That's where I'm trying to lighten the moment. But to do that, I need a bit of cash, mm-hmm. you know. And so you get people on side by being transparent and saying, I'm earning money, but I've put this much in. Yes. So you know, and that's what that's where it started working for me, that people saw I wasn't just you know posing against walls for the sake of it it was like to try and promote those small brands that were setting up so that then the bigger brands could come in and say to me right okay can you do a big campaign for us yeah i say campaign i mean (laughs) it's making itself quite grandiose no it is i mean you're working with like brands like disney and stuff it's like what it's big it's like it's all happening and also it's it's good for other people to know that because if they want to do this a similar thing they need to know it's hard work yeah, and I think um, there's something, and I, with I think also is that transparency with brands. I make it really clear with brands. Like I did a toilet roll advert, which it was the pinnacle of my career so far. I actually had to have a conversation with a brand manager where I was like, "Do you um, do you need me to back onto the pan?" <laughs> That's a question I, that's an exchange I never imagined happening. Um, but it was definitely saying in that post. Um, so uh, Mother Pucker has gone a little potty here. <laughs> let's not. Let's call a spade a spade. <laughs> like never thought I'd be doing toilet roll ads, but here we are, proud as punch. <laughs> Watch and learn, my friends. I've been using a toilet for thirty-three years, and I just feel if anyone has the ability to be able to pull this off, here we are. Here's my experience of going to the toilet. And it was pretty bulk standard, <laughs> if we're going to be transparent about it. But people responded to it because it was really clear. I was, like, joking about the fact that we've got to this point where I'm yeah. selling toilet roll. But, you it's know... what celebrities have done for years, but you're just taking just it less there. seriously. It's great. You know, do you need me to back onto the pan? I think <laughs> that's a question everyone needs to ask at some point. And I would have done, to be honest. They have like money. I would have given them whatever they needed. Yeah, I love that. I absolutely love that. I saw that one. It was really, really funny. But it's all very, it's just all very on brand, all of it. It's, it's what you'd expect. <laughs> I would just love to be in a world where I could go from toilet roll to Louis Vuitton. You, you know, would, I Oh, think. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so my next question was going to be, so talking about brands, yeah. um, and having worked at big magazines and big brands when you're copywriting you're kind of part of that brand but you're behind the scenes now you're very much in front of it and I'm assuming people a lot of people who follow you like thousands of people feel like they know you because you're so friendly and great and out there and chatty and and how is that because I guess you're like there's a community of people has that been stressful as it's grown or has it just been really enjoyable yeah, it's it's just really enjoyable, to be honest. Like, it's really a nice group of people. Uh, I haven't, other than my Auntie Janet, who occasionally trolls me, um, <laughs> she was like, I, I don't know whether it is her, but it just has a hint of her, um, where I uh, did a post about um, drinking in a pub. It was parenting with a pint. And um, I got uh, a comment that said, I can't believe you're promoting alcohol around children. It's terrible. And by the way, your kid's hair's really shit. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's that's harsh. And that was the only one. And within literally an hour, there were about 20 comments on there going, seriously, leave the top knot alone. What's your point? Get off, whoever you are. The top knot's amazing. And I will hear, I will will take criticism for my drinking, but I will not take any criticism around the top knot. And I think my followers, I say my followers, that sounds so wanky. My followers, it feels like you're in, um, what was it, uh, Monty Python. (laughs) The Holy Horde! <laughs> Follow the Horde! 
And I think um, I was out there looking for connection and I found it. And I've met so many people who've become really genuinely good friends. And I think that's when you realise that you don't just need to have longevity of friendships. Mm. It, this is what this world has made me realise is that in literally one click, you can find someone who you connect with and click with mm. more than somebody you've known for 20 years and I think that's quite powerful and that's where things have changed for me is that there are genuinely people building each other up and that's not to say there's not bitchiness of course you know if you don't get on with certain people that's fine but the genuine sentiment is what can we do together not what's she doing yeah that's the difference and it's, that's why I love it feeling. and and then you have things where you accidentally, without realising, unfollow someone and then you have to follow them again. You're like, um, I, I didn't unfollow you. I think my daughter just pressed the button. And you're like, you're literally my best friends. And you're like, how how are we at this point? At least fine. you have a child to blame on. Yeah. I'll lend her to you. I'll, I'll, I'll lend like, her. May the serial unfollower. <laughs> She's quite reluctant on the ground. But I do love um, as well the fact that it's not just for parents. Like, I follow it. I know a lot of people who follow it deliciously. Stella, for one. One. I love her. Um, has it always been the idea that it's not just for parents? As well? Absolutely. I think I, I just felt the moment I had that motherfucker moment was um, when it was, uh, I think, just people being overly scared of parenthood. And, you know, yeah, God, it's hard. But, you know, lots and lots of things out there are hard. And I wanted to demystify it a bit in a way that people could connect to it in a way that maybe my 25 year old self would connect with it and go that looks freaking cool yeah that could be like loads of fun yeah that's really fun and you know i think that there's the fun comes from there being a lot of like dark moments you know like that's there's no light where there, there isn't dark <laughs> is that really deep there's you know no, what i mean true. like there's got to be the two sides and i think you go through such peaks and troughs with it but you know i set this up because i became a mum I never would have, I think, had the strength and power to go, right, I'm going to just do this. It was motherhood that made me go, let's let's show people, whether they're 18 or 108, that, you know, having having kids is just, it is a lot of fun. It's hard fun. It's like, mm. it's not soft play, it's hard play. <laughs> yeah, it's like, go hard or go home. Yeah. I, I, um, I wonder if... It, is it a thing have you seen it across the board women starting their own businesses at the, around the same time they've had babies I think so I know I can think of a few examples but I don't want to generalise I, d- I don't know if you have seen that yeah I think um, yeah I've definitely noticed it and I think that's you know why I set it up because suddenly you realise that actually that you know straight nine to five well I say it's nine to five it's always been more nine to six doesn't um, work with kids mm. I mean I did Lon- I did it um well, I had May in 2013 and I lived in Amsterdam with her and my commute was a seven-minute bike ride. So oh, if I was running really? late for work, I'd just cycle a bit harder. I love all of the flexible working stuff you're doing. It's, it's, it's cool that you're waving the flag for that. I feel like you're like a real vocal person. of, And, it's, and you're going to like the House of Commons or no, somewhere? Yeah, like, well, I think um, I really underestimated that she just saying it as it is. Like, my tone of voice is quite brash. It's, um, you know, it's meant to be humorous. And actually, I didn't realise quite how much you could still transport that humour and slight lightness to quite heavy topics. 
because all the stats are out there like the government has all the stats like it's well everyone's well aware that you know we're losing mothers the minute they have children from the workforce like that's Mm. happening but no one could communicate it so um, I started, you know, doing our, like dancing around in lycra to salt and peppers. Let's talk about <laughs> sex, baby. Let's talk about flex, baby. With no feeling that anyone would listen to me, but I wanted my followers to listen to me, and that's the tone of voice that had worked. Yeah. And suddenly, actually, people are seeing that you don't necessarily have to use the long political words to get people's attention. That yeah. just sometimes gathering people together and talking to people as if they're people, not somebody swathed in a gown in the house of commons you know like i'd like to say i'm the woman on the street but not in the bad way um and i think it was a really big moment when we gathered so many women at trafalgar square earlier this year to do this big flash mob dance and the council was so behind us they upgraded us from covent garden to trafalgar square because they all were like this needs to happen like women are and men to a certain extent but majority is women uh, are being culled from the workforce because um it just doesn't work and i think the big stat that we sort of based it all on to bring the stat in (laughs) my one bit of maths (laughs) i was like it's 87 percent of um businesses believe truly in their half hearts that they offer flexible working and 77% of women face discrimination in the workforce for having a child or lost their jobs or made redundant mm. on maternity leave. So, you know, yeah. you don't need to be a mathematician to work it out. And I think that's what I've based all this on. It's just that one stat. I just took one stat and just went, that's what we're basing this on. It's all backed by the government. Let's go. Let's get the message out in a way that no one else is. And yeah. I think that's coming back to what you were saying earlier. It's just... In my mind, I was like, oh, God, I'm not, I'm maybe not bright enough to tackle this. You know, I don't know whether I've got the right resources. I don't even know where to start. But actually, if you feel strongly enough about something, you find your way. And if you you believe in it and you keep putting one foot in front of the other um, and carry on, even when, you know, you don't want to and you're kind of sniffling on the floor with a packet of cheese and pickle, I say cheese and pickle, pickled onion monster munch, <laughs> roast beef maybe for my husband. But when you're in those low moments and then you still pick yourself up and carry on because you've got an email from somebody saying, I've just lost my job uh, and I didn't want to lose my job, but I had a kid and they couldn't keep me, you keep going. And I think that's attracted attention because of our relentlessness whether we're swathed in nightcrow whether we're singing salt and peppers let's talk about sex flex baby whatever it is we're doing we keep we're keeping going and we're gathering momentum and i keep saying this isn't a movement um we're just moving this mm. isn't a revolution it's just about evolution and yeah. that's kind of where we're at with it but it's something I feel so strongly about, having and, kind yeah. of had to move on from my job for it. And also everyone, pretty much, like, who doesn't want that? Like, who who's like, oh, no, I love not being flexible. Like, you can always have the choice to work overtime, you can always have the choice to work every minute of the day, but there's no other choice. Like, no. how, I mean, even if you're not a parent, I think lots of people want that flex. Well, we're people, and I think that gets lost, um, you know, and I think I've seen how the other half do it in Holland. Yeah. The CEO would leave at five o'clock on the dot. The CEO of the company would walk out of Tommy Hilfiger and go home to his family, and everyone would follow on their bikes seven minutes from their house. And mothers were encouraged to come back absolute maximum of three days a week. 
And I just thought this is the norm. And I came back here and it wasn't. And that's why I'm fighting for it because I've seen it work. And I've seen a country grab businesses by the balls and go, family comes first. Mm. (laughs) Ultimately, and I say it a lot in my post, but we're freaking working on life. You know, this isn't just some vanity project, although it's really, really nice to see your kid develop (laughs) your own traits. And I think, yeah, having seen how the other half do it, the Dutch have it down. um, And that extra few hours in the afternoon evening would clearly make you happier because you'd have more time to just do something, make a cake, (laughs) whatever it is. I think the most powerful thing I heard was um, it's a HR director from a really, really big blue chip company. And she said... I don't have kids. She's like, but I go to the V&A every Friday between 9 and 11. Um, that's my time. No one t- gets in touch with me at that point. And that works for me. I'm going to pick up emails on the weekend, sure. But, you know, yeah. that's my time. I don't want to go to the V&A on a Saturday. It's too busy. So she carves that time out and that's it works. Really nice. So it's not just, I think that's the other thing that we really want to push is this isn't just a mummy wanting to see more of her baby issue, which it's been pegged. We're trying to rebrand it as a people issue. Yes. Um, and that's the focus, really. And, um, night, and when you're happy, I think you work harder. So it's kind of a, a cycle, isn't it? Because it's like, a, I was on this panel recently and there was a Google wellbeing manager. They have like a whole team to do with wellbeing. Oh Can I just have that person <laughs> I just want to work to there now. <laughs> and um, I think there's a study that came out yesterday actually saying that Google's employees were the happiest or something. It makes sense. If you're happy, you're going to want to go to work and work harder. Yeah. If you like your life. And I think it's trust as well. Like, if you trust someone and you stop treat, it's not like an owner and pet relationship, you know? It's like, oh, I've got my golden hamster and you can put it in the cage and run around in the wheel, you know? Like, that's how it feels in London, I think. Yeah. I think they instill you with they, and I'm talking just businesses across the board, instill you that fear that there's somebody better and sharper, ready to take your position, whoever yes, you are. and that you should be grateful you for, should be for really... being employee number 502. Yeah. Yeah. The big thing that we keep pushing is that this isn't a witch hunt either. It's like we want um, we want businesses to do better. We want them to make stack loads more cash, but they'll do that by giving a little. And it's we're not talking about much, but just a shift here and there. And I think when I had to move on from the L'Oreal Group, it was because um, they said, "I'm really sorry. You know, we can't give you a four day week because." Um, the girl who's just got married in our team's graphic designer she might want to have a kid next year and i had this like again another motherfucker moment where i was like so my lifestyle my choices and the way i work and my productivity is going to be determined on somebody else's ovaries mm. i was like that's bonkers and that's yeah. so backwards so yeah i've had a lot of motherfucker moments yeah. <laughs> that was another one well that's it and i think as well it's a lot of people aren't brave enough to ask the question because we're so conditioned that it's uh, you know you can't do that yeah. but it's it's your own life like you can do what you want with your own life and you have to have the confidence like you had to go in there and say i'm going to fight for this i think yeah. we're the ones that can make the change yeah and if, if everyone asks more surely that's a good thing as well because they're like oh this is a thing yeah. eight people in my team want to work flexible working yeah. okay we'll have you know some, we can sort it out I don't know it's an interesting one I'm really excited for it you know like generation slashy how we all have like multiple jobs going on in a good way that will continue to happen and I think you're what you're doing now would benefit a job in house you know that so like you say the whole slashy yeah I don't know for a bit long in the tooth to be a slashy but I'll take it but yeah I think you know if you set up what you've done and you're in house maybe two three days a week yeah the two would 
help each other. They're actually getting a concentrated amount of like expertise, and then they just and then you go away again. The things I've learned on Mother Pucker in a year, um, I could have put into the L'Oreal group and done a lot with it. Yeah. Having made mistakes on Mother Pucker and having the confidence to be able to make those mistakes because it's your own thing to then bring your learnings and expertise from those mistakes yeah. to a big company. It's actually think, like fast forward learning, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. They can't make those mistakes. You can as an individual. Yeah. So I think, yeah, they, there's a definite thing from being a, um, a slashy. A slashy. <laughs> so um, with Mother Pucker this year, it's given you more flexibility, which is amazing, but has it's been busy, right, hasn't it? So you've been flexible, but you've also been like building this thing. How, yeah, how has that been? Has that been different to when you were stressed at like a full-time job? Because yeah. it is still full time, you know, you're still yeah. working around the clock. Yeah, and I think, um, and I think because you see, um, you know, the fun pictures on Instagram, you know, like, it, it, you know, the, I, I don't, I say it's sort of 75% positive and um, I had to do the maths then, I was like, and <laughs> what is it, 25%? <laughs> 25%, um, is it 25%? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm just so tired. <laughs> 25% hard hitting and a bit raw and um, I uh, wrote a post actually when I I like completely broke and I hadn't even seen it coming but um, we'd had we'd had a few tr- we've had quite a few troubles having kids a second child specifically and um, I sort of had a miscarriage early in the week and I hadn't even registered it. I just kept, I just thought, you know, keep going. It's a bit like a period. It's fine. And I sort of put a maxi pad mm-hmm. in and kept going. And um, it was just at a point where I was in Tesco just kind of holding a pineapple and uh, I just started crying. Mm-hmm. And I hadn't processed it because I was so set on this maternal instinct to pick me up at school in a year's time and this business will work around that. And I wrote in that post that, you know, you do need to know when to take a break before you break. Um, and that's the biggest thing I've learned. And I never would have learned that working for someone else. Because um, you... you- You've got more. You've got more freedom, which means you could work too much, way too much, yeah. right, on your own. Yeah. Because you, you haven't even got a boss saying, "Oh, you're a bit." No. You look a bit frazzled. Yeah. God. And there's no one to say six o'clock. Actually, it's time to go home, guys. Um, and you don't have Bob in IT to help you with your stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. And I think uh, it was then that was a real wake-up call when I was, uh, you know, to be quite frank, I was bleeding so heavily and I wasn't even registering it and I think um, that's where you just have to stop and put the pixels down and be honest with people and uh, the own, the point where I started crying and that, I think this is the bit that shook me a bit to the core was um, it was a stranger on Instagram who messaged me and just said are you okay you just seem a little bit down and I've been pushing up three or four posts me tap dancing away you know wearing the latest like sequin skirt with a velvet bomber jacket and you know putting these pictures up that weren't representative of what was going on even though I didn't even see it and it was a stranger at Mrs Morgan Allen um who said are you okay and that's when I broke Mm. and I think um when you ask about how did she know just she just sensed I think that maybe I was trying too hard you know like when you start you you sense overdoing it almost to compensate for maybe the upset and Mm. inability to communicate what was actually going on and I think it was having a stranger say to you you're okay 
um, is quite powerful. And I realised then, yeah. when you ask about how I feel about Instagram, I was like, it's more than just pixels. Um, and I realised I wasn't okay. And I realised that actually maybe it was time to say I wasn't okay. And I wrote about that. And um, that's, I'd say, how I've become closest with a lot of people, is saying, you know, take a break before you break. Yeah, you've got such a lovely crew of people on Instagram. Like, there was, it was you and May. Oh, it was the X Factor one. And someone had commented, uh, May's so lucky to have you as a mum. The people that follow you are just so lovely and like it's clearly just a really it's a nice destination to feel like happy because you cheer everyone up on your account, but it's not it's real because it's not all highs, it's lows as well. Yeah, and I think um I think that's coming back to not scaring people off from having kids. I think that's the bit that's also been brilliant is that you know you will be um on a side street wrestling a toddler into a buggy and she sounds like you know may sometimes sounds like a pterodactyl in a tumble dryer you know that squawking <laughs> sound that kind of penetrates the sort of the very innards of your ear and um then literally that arm squeeze the next minute where you know mama you're a five which is at top five oh. is number t- is the top it's it's right out there and um, I think it's it's those highs and lows, and that translates through to you know your physicality as well. Like when you're trying for another kid, like there's yeah. massive highs and lows. It's like the excitement of right, right, we're gonna let the swimmers run free. Let's do this. Oh, didn't work out. Let's do it again. Oh, okay, that didn't work out. And then when it does work out, you know, and that happiness is extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and it is a journey, and it's messy. Life is just messy. Yeah. I saw the other day that you said that you were launching a content, Pucker Content. Pucker Content! That's like the most genius, obvious thing. That you, like, <laughs> of course. Well, we're, we're quite um, down with the kids, you know. <laughs> I think it was, um, it was just seeing lots of small brands setting up and suddenly it was like, well, actually, you know, we've learned a lot yeah. and um, I think we can help other people. I'm not saying, you know, we're the oracles of content, but... We've certainly made enough mistakes to know what works and what doesn't. And um, my husband and I, Matt, um, I mean, I remember when he first... Papa Pucker. Papa Pucker. I remember when he first edited something of mine about 10 years ago and we nearly sort of broke up. <laughs> so who knows how this is going to work out. Um, but is no, it going to be made primarily for smaller businesses or are you going to yeah, see how, how it It's goes? really just for smaller businesses. Yeah, nice. We won't um, take on any big clients. It will just be small businesses looking for a foothold um, in the pixels. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, with competitive rates, it's not expensive. Um, it's just to really give them a lift up, which... I think I would have liked a year ago uh, just to go, this is how you press all the buttons and how to get your voice out there and actually to make it work. Um, So, yeah, pucker content, down with the kids, parenting the shit out of life. That's so exciting. (laughs) It makes so much sense, like, having a year of doing it, obviously, and longer. Um, You know how it goes. Well, I think people can see what you've done. Yeah. I think that's the thing, is that uh, they're like, okay, if you've got 50,000 people in a year, then you must know how to press those buttons. Um, So... And they're real, like, real 50,000, like, kind of similar to you people. Well, you're following me, babes. (laughs) (laughs) Any old random. Any old random. (laughs) (laughs) But I've got a quick question for you. Oh, yeah? Turn it round. Oh, yeah. But um, how do you see parenthood having followed all these 
Instagram accounts because I think things have obviously changed. Oh but yeah. Does it? Does it? Do you feel less freaked well, out? Well, are you um, are you Generation X or are you a millennial? Oh my god! <laughs> is this this is a revelation? <laughs> I don't I don't know. I'm so. Should I Google it? I think you might be on the cusp. Am I on the verge? I, Please, can I be okay, a millennial? Okay, well, we'll, we'll just we'll, we'll see. But I I think the difference is is that so back in like the uh, late two thousands when I was doing like PR and marketing and we would contact parent bloggers. Whereas I look at your Instagram and, like, the other cool mums who are, like, dressed like a mum and um, don't buy her flowers, and I follow all of those. And I think it's not because they're mums, so I love... It's just stuff like, oh, I like her denim dungarees. But it's kind of... That could be me. That could be me, like, next year. And I think it's bridging the gap that parenting is a lifestyle thing that is a puzzle piece. And it's not, oh, I'm a mum now. I don't don't do anything else. It's like, you're a mum, but you're also a person. And our work here is done. Yeah. And, and, but it's actually, my boyfriend is like, oh my God, you like you need to stop following them because you want one. <laughs> but it's, and so it begins. Because you're in, at the moment, you're in cool girl mode where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, marriage, babies, whatever, I'm cool girl. Like, I'm yeah. just chilling. I'm chilling. That will change. And suddenly you become, I need the babies, I need the stuff now. I need it now. And they haven't shifted from yeah. cool girl. They haven't got. They, no. they haven't. They haven't seen the progression from cool girl into babies in marriage right now. Yeah, like my finger is bare. It's put something on it <laughs> now. I need rock and I need cock. <laughs> oh my god, amazing! But um, no, your work is done with making with making parenting look. And not not you don't make it look perfect. You no. make it look great fun. And we are parenting the shit out of life. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing a multi-huge stretch onesie can't fix. And I think that is the common denominator across womanhood. <laughs> That's a great note to end it on. A jazzy jump. Thank suit. you so much. No, it's been a pleasure. If you liked this episode, please remember to leave a review or a rating on iTunes. It would mean so much to me. Also, um, tweet me. I'd love to hear your feedback. So thanks so much again for listening and make sure you tune in next week.